Welcome to our new podcast, The Insider. Today we've got Ben and Josh joining me and we've got a special guest, Ellis Platin, joins us on the podcast. Ellis, for those listeners who don't know who you are, could you explain as to what you do in your channel? Yes, yeah, so I run a YouTube channel called Away Days where I go to like a different football game every week. And then kind of, I guess what I became more known for recently is like the fact that I like collect football shirts and I make videos about them. So I guess like the channel is more known at the moment, I guess, for the football shirt stuff. So I guess if you've seen a football shirt video on YouTube with somebody who looks like they haven't hit puberty yet, then that was probably me. Is the football shirt become more popular because of COVID and there's been no games to go to? I think so. I think because like it's been like what how long will we in lockdown for like March really till like stadiums are full like over a year Mm -hmm. 17 months or something like that so I think it just became such a regular thing and like I think it kind of coincided with when I began to put more effort into my content as well so like before I would put not really much effort in into Mm -hmm. what I did um because I worked full-time as a social media manager for a company so like YouTube was always just a hobby. So like it was just we'd go to a game, me and my friend, and I'd be like, ah, oh, I'll make a video and see what happens with it. And then like when not um lockdown hit, I was like, oh, I'll make a try make a go of this. And then content's just kicked on from there. So I guess people are just became more known from that, I guess. I know Ben wants to start from, from the very beginning, so I'll pass on to him for, for a couple of questions for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously I know that you're a Leeds fan, Ellis. Um, you know, grew up in Norfolk and I know we've heard this story so many times in, you know, on your channel, but, you know, just for the listeners, can you tell it once more? Yes, I'm a Leeds fan because my mum's side of the family is from Yorkshire. So my mum was actually born in Norfolk, but her mum and her, like, entire side of her family are massive Leeds fans. And then my dad was a Nottingham Forest fan because he grew up in the 70s. Um, and, like, Forest were a big team then. So he was kind of, like, a bit of a glory hunter in that sense, I guess. So I, I wanted to support a team that had a connection to my family. So Leeds was the choice. And then just started supporting at the worst time. Like 3 4 was my first season. And then, but to be honest, though, I actually, I feel less, I guess because maybe my experience of football has grown, I feel less attached now with we're doing well. Like I loved being in League One and seeing us take on like Crew, Leighton Orient, Hereford, teams like that. Now it's like we're good and you don't really know what to do with that. Yeah, and obviously away from Leeds, I know that am I right in saying that you were a goalkeeper at Norwich in your younger days? I was, yeah. Um yeah. for three years. And then problem was, like as you can see now, some really developed. So like can you imagine like <laughs> I was like 13 I was when I got released and like just like not to be in too much detail but you look around the changing room and I was like my god like everyone else is just growing up and there's just me just like I was like five like barely five foot and like I was just getting chipped I remember my final game was against Arsenal um just got lobbed like four times and I remember laying there on the floor thinking oh get me out of here still wasn't it wasn't for me and when you got released was that sort of the the incent, the incentive, the the push to start away days, or did you already want to do that? Or well, I guess I didn't start away days for a few more years after that. But like when I got released, because well, when you're that age, and I think I think the football system is so brutal for people. Because like even you can make it to like being 21 in in a system still and not find somewhere to play. But like I got released at 13 when like I was still adamant I was going to make it as a footballer because 
the season or two before, like I was getting like player of the season in in Norwich and stuff. And then it was just that I didn't develop physically, so I couldn't then proceed. So I guess it was kind of hard to understand that. And then I'd always loved being like not the centre of attention, I guess, but I was always very confident at a young age. And then I was like, well, I love football. I, I try and do something of that. So I wanted to be a children's TV presenter because I thought that'd be the easiest route in. And then I thought the best way to get into that would be to start a YouTube channel to be like, so I could show something. Because I think the, the best thing about doing a YouTube channel is, especially when it gets to the like a decent size, is that it's essentially a CV. So people can be like, why would you want to use this person? And I can be like, because there's always examples of me doing what you want this person to do anyway. So that, that was kind of always the plan. It's kind of got to the point now where I kind of am a presenter, but for my own thing. It's not, it's not as not as um, appealing when you try and say that to someone, though. Mm-hmm. And when you started the channel back in 2014, am I right in saying that? Yeah. Did you did you ever think it was going to be as big as it is today? I, li- I genuinely just wanted 100 subscribers. I think there's, like, some really cringy video of me, like, saying, oh, my God, thank you so much for, like, 100. Because I don't think – I think people even – it's harder to grow on YouTube now, I think, because it's so saturated. But it was even – it was saturated back then as well. So, like, it's so much hard. So, like, to gain a thousand subscribers for me now is obviously easier because there are so many videos in the algorithm and everything. But back then, like, when you're making your first few videos and you have no help in hand or anything, it's so hard to grow. So I didn't, I didn't ever have an image. Like, I remember back then, like, Arsenal Fan TV maybe had just hit 100k. Copper 90 was still massive. Kick TV were a thing. Um, so now, and I didn't ever imagine that I'd be kind of in in one of the members of the community, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I know recently I've seen on the, in your channel you did make the trip to was it Inter Milan? You did, did some filming over there. Could you go yeah. into more detail about that? So I, because I I used to work in influencer marketing, so I kind of know the ways to get into contact with people. So I I saw Inter Milan didn't really do anything with their social channels. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I do this thing where I go to a different ground. Can we come and do something with you? And they did. We, we got to go behind the scenes. We got to meet Lukaku. Um, I forgot who was. We met Latara Martinez. We both got a free shirt. We got it signed by the players. The only disappointing thing with that was, and I think this is the issue when you get into like that, that video would have went out the day before where, I don't know, thing with blogs are, they have to be up very quickly. Um, and ideally on a Saturday as well, like a good example of this is, last the last one i did was at hearts um and i knew that would do badly because it was going up at like seven on a saturday on a sunday whereas it needs the saturday because it can go into the algorithm and then the sunday it would do well um but the inter milan one ended up going at like eight o'clock on a sunday because they had to approve it and they wanted to add subtitles and stuff so um it was it was really fun i was on like two hours sleep though so kind of one of them experiences where you get to go somewhere but you don't really get to experience it because you're just the whole thing is like you're trying to do this you need to record this and whatnot yeah and obviously you mentioned that when you first started you had you, you know your arsenal fan tvs etc but would you agree that sort of your type of content you were the the first to really explore that uh, or one of the first at least and you know you've grown that 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 sort of genre has grown now into there's so many you know more more professional people like yourself young people that start in amateurs and you know, it's easier now to get into it um, because of people like you. Yeah, I guess it was um like there was no 
there was no channel that just did vlogs until I did. So I was the first in that sense. And then the problem was I got really lazy. So like I was like, because like I said, it never this was never supposed to be my job. So when I was being really lazy, people like Theo Fogden weren't. And then he put in loads of effort. And then I remember when I was in like 20K, he was on 30K. And I just didn't, because I was like, there was many reasons why I didn't, but I just stopped trying. And then within like a year, he was on like 200K and I was still on like 20K because I, I'd just given up. Um, so it, it, part of me thinks now, like, what if I would have done that? What if I was the one putting effort? What if I was the one trying to make better content then? Because I think now, like, there's a very established format of Away Days that makes it different to like other vlogs. Other vlogs, I think, this isn't me knocking anyone's content, but they're very much like A to B, game's done, up as quick as possible. Whereas like I have an editor on board now and like I try to make the intro and everything different for each one and trying to make it about the club, um, which I just, I wanted to make it my own thing more than anything, not to be like, it's better, but I wanted to establish my own style. So in future people can be like, ah, oh, well, I watch this one because Ellis is different to every other vlog. That was the aim anyway. Yeah, you mentioned Thogden there. Obviously, you two are, are pretty good friends now. Is there anyone else that you're also friends with within the circuit? You know, who who are you basically? Your closest friends within the the away days sort of circuit. It's weird because it's such a because I've got such a niche channel. Like I don't really. There's no other. Like I've I've only ever done one collaboration. That was a Smith. I think Smith is probably the person I get on with best in the football space. I think maybe because we're we've been in the scene a bit longer so we kind of and our channels are similar sizes um i think we kind of just get it a bit more like and we kind of are fighting the same battle so i think i guess kind of smith i'd say but other than that i don't i never really get the only other time i've really had an opportunity to is like when i do like events um i've met spencer a few times he's lovely um but i'd, I'd never say like i have really close friends in the community you mentioned the presenting bit and obviously watching your videos this season so far you can see you've upped that game I think it's well known on your channel that you want to be a presenter is there any dream what would be your dream job for that presenting role I guess there's like even being like Leeds Porto or like I guess the dream would be to go and do some work with England um, at a World Cup or like a Euros mm -hmm. um, in some capacity to work with the national team whether it's like just even even if I get the opportunity to do like one interview with a player or something, I guess that's the end goal. But the thing is, like I'm I'm still like some 23. No, I don't look it. I'm 24 next month. But in terms of presenting, that's still really young. Like yeah. I didn't like I look at people like um like James Alcott's brilliant. Um, uh, oh, mine's got blank. Like Michael Timms. I don't know how old Michael Timms actually is, but he's great. And um, obviously there's Josh Denzel, who does the Lions Den stuff. Um. But like I've got years on them, so like I, I'm not as good a presenter as say like James Allcott, but I've got years on him to try and get to that point. So it's like it's exciting, um, but I guess yeah, the best case would be to work with England in some capacity. Um, how did you feel sort of when you first came into it? Obviously, were your first few interviews with players? Um, how was how was that like for sort of you know was it nerve wracking or? Yeah, I remember I got like, a, it was in 2017 as with New Balance. And they were like, this is when my first Porto video did quite well. Um, and they were like, we're going to fly you out. We're going to give you an interview with a few players. So I got there and like, I think it was due to be like Casillas, Alex Telles, and then 
a booba car. No, it couldn't have been a booba car. It was someone anyway. Um, like they saw me and two of them were just like, nah. So they just said no. So then the only one who I could interview then was Alex Tellis. And he was lovely, but it was like, he doesn't speak a word of English. I don't speak a word of Portuguese or Brazilian. Um, so there was an interpreter there. And I was nervous as it was. So I was asking, it was just a very awkward situation. But I think because it was so awkward, it made it less nerve wracking because I think me and him were just both really uncomfortable. Um, I guess like, I don't, yeah, I, I think now probably I'd be nervous initially interviewing anyone. And then I think after a question or two, I kind of just go. And obviously, speaking of Porto, we've established the the Leeds connection. But where does the the Porto one come from? Is it is it just a a sort of well, these are my my favourite foreign team, or you know, because the connection you seem to have with the club now, you know, working alongside them um, on multiple occasions, it's you know, it's great to see. Yeah, so it's like um, I guess, like I said, because I've always been a Leeds fan in Norfolk. And like I was from a working class family, so we didn't really get to go and watch football much. So then I was doing all these experiences when I could, like going around the country and wherever and like seeing different clubs. Um, and then I went out to Porto. So I'd never really had like an identity. And then like the club took to me, the fans took to me. And like I just fell in love with everything the club represented. And I love the fact that the city is just everything is to do with that club, basically. Um, yeah, I guess it just captured me. And I felt finally that I had like, some sort of identity and like the fans took me under their wing and it was nice to have that and so it's been it's been really um weird not going to see them for so long it's been like it's going to be coming up to two years now so hopefully when fans because they're at 33 percent back now when it's like 60 or so i think i'll try and get back out there as soon as i can mm-hmm. so i think some of your portal videos am i right saying they're probably one of your most viewed videos as well yeah, so they went down because they always get shared by like the Portuguese press because like the clubs out there are really engaged. So anything that someone does to do with them, people will want to look at them because their lives a lot of the time, because Portugal's a really low, like it struggles financially, obviously. Like there's not much in terms of wealth there. Well, there's, there is wealth, but you know what I mean? Like it's not a finan- as financially strong as, say, England. So a lot of people's lives centre around their football clubs. So when you make a video there, it's going to be really engaged. Another country that I imagine will be the same is it like, so like for example, when this is a tangent, but Puma did their kit reveal the other day, and just the chat was full of like five thousand Fenerbahce fans who just kept spamming their club's name. So I imagine if I ever did a video of Fenerbahce, that video would do quite well. But I don't know. I imagine that's one I need to try and do. I think. And sticking on away days, we can't not speak about the Euros and your your experience, especially with Jody as well. Yeah, it was um. I just, I still don't think I'm over it. Like, I just, I stand there in the shower some days. I'm like, oh, why? Like, I just, I don't know. I, and the, the problem was, right, every part of that experience was amazing. Like, we went to the Croatia game, and I was saying to Jody on the way back, like, we won't get to see another one of these games. Like, that was amazing. And then, like, the videos were doing well, and I was like, we'll be, and then I could business expense it. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, and then we just kept going and then we kept winning. And it's kind of like, well, if I've seen the quarters, I have to see the semis. And if I can get a ticket for the final, there's no way I'm going to miss that. I'd rather live on the streets for a bit and just than miss it. And then obviously what happened, happened. Um, but the, the videos went down really well. And it also, even from a content standpoint, it allowed me to try out the new format. So I was able to try the new system, whereas before, to try and show people this is what a way it is, is going to be now. 
a lot of people don't think realize that and then it came back and was the same way and people were like what's happened but it was it was the, i don't think i'll ever forget the euros unless we win the next world cup but then i won't forget it anyway you know you know what i mean it was amazing do you think it was more surreal not just on the videos but you know you going as a fan because people had been missing from football stadiums for so long yeah, I think so. I think the the Germany atmosphere was one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced. Like, and it was weird because there was less fans there, obviously, than for the final and for the semis. But Wembley was genuinely like vibrating, like and like felt like it was bouncing after that Germany win. It was insane. Uh, yeah, and I think it was just so great seeing so many people come together at the same time until the final. Outside the final, it's like a war zone. But yeah, and sticking with. Geordie, obviously, you know, she, she's one of your most loyal fans. She's one of your most loyal supporters. She's been there through thick and thin. And I just want to know, you know, first of all, when did, when did you two meet? And, and first of all, what did she think of the channel back then and how it's grown now? Yeah, so we, were, we actually had this conversation the other day. We were like, well, when me and Jodie started talking, it was like, I was on like 4,000 subscribers or something like that. So she's been with me like through... Like obviously, I struggled with gambling. I struggled with mental health and stuff. So she's been there throughout the entire journey. So the, the channel's now at what it's at now. And we don't really, I think we don't really talk about it in terms of that, like, because it's kind of like just our relationship and people always like, are like saying like how they like how we are on camera and stuff. But I think it's just because that is how we are. So like off camera, we basically just throw remarks at each other all the time and everything. So basically when the camera starts rolling, when it stops rolling, like there's there's parts of videos when we're in together that just they're not part of what the video is supposed to be. It's just like us talking, but it ends up working quite well in the edit. So I think she's um she's very I think she's really proud of what I've done, but not that she ever says it. Um, but it's yeah, it's nice it's nice being able to experience that with her, and like it's nice that also due to it, like we're able to go and do amazing things as well that we wouldn't have able that she'd never have send me a message one day we don't know what like her life would be like as well it's very very interesting i guess and we we can't speak about geordie without speaking about ben gibbs uh <laughs> you know how again how did how did you two meet were you friends a long time before away days began so me and ben like we played for the same football team when we were like six but then we were never really friends and then we became friends after like in we weren't even we were in the same friendship group, but then like in sixth form, I think it was like the second away day I did or third or fourth, we went to Cambridge and everyone else had said no, and it was just me and Ben. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, he's so boring. <laughs> but and then and then it just turned out that we clicked and we got on really well. And then it's kind of as of late, like recently, so obviously the channel's done really well without him being there. So not that the channel was ever his in the first place, but you know what I mean? Like so when lockdown first kicked in, I think it was on like 60K and now we're on 130 something. So now obviously there's a big chunk of the community that don't know of Ben. So it's it's been hard trying to, because when, when we first brought away this back in after lockdown one, like November, it's just non-league games and stuff. Person in the videos and whatnot, um, which is fine because it doesn't matter because that's, that's not what we made them. But, so now I'm trying to make it so people do realise who Ben is. And I'm trying to, because obviously with the new format, I need to find a slot that works really well for him in it as well. But he's just like, me and him, just even when we don't make a video, like we just have a laugh anyway. So 
he's just that probably my best, my best friend. And if I uh, if I was to say, who do you prefer going to a Huerdes with? Oh, I don't know. Oh. If I go with Jody, I can put her in the title. So <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'd say with Ben because you know um, you can have different conversations, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And on your videos with Jody. The, the most funny thing is obviously the way you two come across on the video, but also the comments on your videos afterwards. I know you put them on your on your Instagram quite a bit. They must make you laugh when you see them every time she's on. Yeah, they're always just like she could say like anything. Like she could say nothing, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god, Jodie's so funny!" Like she could do anything, and the comments love her. Um, and then they just always go for me. It's like like I don't think there's never been a comment where everyone was like, "Ah, oh, Jodie's punching." It's always just come in for me all the time which is fine i like I, why i share them because i find it funny it's just this yeah it's, it's interesting seeing how the audience handles different people well next next video ellis we'll we'll get on the comment section and put in on that for you yeah thank you please do please talk about how beautiful <laughs> i am <laughs> and staying on the away days obviously going trips got a couple of quick fire questions for you uh, only a couple uh what's the best away day you've done so far uh, Charlton to Oxford three, I think still. And and favourite stadium you've been to on the way day? The Dragal. Yeah, and I know Ben. Ben, how many of the ninety-two stadiums have you been to? Sixty-six this coming Saturday. Ellis, how many have you been to? Do you know? I'm pretty sure that's more than me because I've done. I do redos all the time. So yeah, I yeah. I'd say this season I'll take off some more because we're going northern more. So. But I'd say maybe I wouldn't even say I'm halfway there yet because I do so many non-league games as well. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Sorry, mate. It's, it's only because I support Bolton. We've been in every league, so. <laughs> and one that makes you think more: if you could choose three people to take on an away day, doesn't matter if the sport or anything, who would you choose? Messi. Um, and then I just beg him to wear take whatever item of clothing he's wearing. Um, I don't know. I, I, um. Ah, oh, Brian Cranston because what old football? Because um, Breaking Bad's my favourite show, um, and maybe Jason Sudeikis because I love Ted Lasso as well. So we've got mm-hmm. Messi, Sudeikis, and Brian Cranston. That's going to be a, a laugh. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned obviously we spoke about Euros. Is there any? Is the World Cup in in, in your plans in the end of the year? Got any contending there or? I don't. I don't know because of obviously the the moral standpoint of going to Qatar. But I'd, I'd probably end up going. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it depends because away days might be dead by the time that comes around. So it's, it's always, this is the thing of having a YouTube channel my size. Like, it's all well and good when it's going well. But there was like a point like, so I went full time. This is not a quick fire answer to a quick fire question. Sorry. <laughs> like, so I went full time with it last September. And then like by November, the videos were just doing awful. And I was like, God, I might have to sack this in. And then luckily after Christmas, like the YouTube algorithm started like pumping them out again. But it was, yeah, it, it does. It, if, you're, if you've got like 300,000 subs and you're averaging like 100K views every video, you, you're, you're pretty safe. But like in my sense, it's like if a video does, as long as my videos do a certain amount of views a week or a month, I'm fine. But it, it could be a case of my channel just dies. Something else might be big this time next year. But I honestly don't know. I might run out of ideas talk about football shirts once a week so it's hard yeah and obviously what are we now four months away from that no it's next year into the world cup sorry but just yeah. just in the more in the more general in the more general thing how how much planning does have to go into and where do you know how last minute can it be 
Yeah, so usually it used to be quite last minute, but now, so I've already planned everyone we're doing up until New Year. But that that also depends on something else, which is very last minute as well, which isn't something I'm controlling, which hopefully I'll be able to announce in a week or so, which is affecting my plans for away days. So it's kind of like, it, it does become quite in the air because you need to, it's not just a case of me planning an away day, but if I do a European one, then I need to spend an extra day or two there to go to like football shirt stores and whatever there. Um, and obviously whoever's going to come with me because Ben works full time, Jody works full time. So I need to work on their jobs as well. But most most of the time, it's just a case of I find whichever team I fancy going to that weekend and we just head there. Yeah, and obviously the, now you talk about the, the kit stuff. Um, would you say that the, the away days are still more enjoyable, but because of lockdown, also we, as we touched on at the very start, the kits have become a bit more popular or are the away days still the most popular videos yeah, to make? It's interesting because I, if I make a kit video, I can guarantee it's going to do at least 30,000 views, sometimes 80,000, something like that. But with an away day, it's more fun to film, but it's very much more like in the air. So like I said, this one, this weekend's one was the worst video I've done in like two months in terms of views, which then obviously as a YouTuber, you want your average views to be high because that's why brands reach out to you. So the more, the higher your average views are, um, the more money you can command to a brand because you'll say, well, I can... I average these views, this is what you can expect, which is why sometimes maybe you see some other creators in the football space. Um, this isn't shade, I just don't agree with it myself, but maybe they delete a video if it doesn't do well after a day or two. And that's because they want the average views to be high so they can make more money from brand deals. Um, so if it was, and with, a, with an away day as well, it can work the other way. Like the Man U video, I didn't even think it was a very good video, but because it was a Man U against Leeds and something happened, it's got 100K views. So with an away day, if something happens and you can put, you can portray a good narrative for the video, you know it's going to do better than a shirt video would. But I'd say the shirt videos are more consistent. Yeah, and obviously talking of the the United video, I know that you sat in the the home and did you manage to escape without any anyone knowing? Yeah, it was really weird because everyone in the comments was like, "Oh, I'm surprised you did that. I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised the United fans didn't attack you." But like, I was talking to them during the game and they were fine with it. So like, like what? I just find it really, it's amazing like how parallel, not parallel, how, how different like the YouTube comments are to actual reality. The mm -hmm. amount of people on YouTube comments who make out that you're going to get attacked for anything compared to what it actually was. It's pretty chilled. Um, just a shame about the result. I think that result might have gone your, in your favour in, in the terms of the United fans being happier, I think. Yeah, I think if we would have won, like late on, like say I was saying to Richie who I went with, if Leeds score late on, I don't like if say Rafinha made it 2 1 for Leeds in the 85th, I don't know how I contain that. I don't know how I make it not obvious. So it, I guess the narrative kind of helped the United won because they would have been very touchy if they hadn't. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, in, in general, when you go to games, obviously with the, the camera, are, are most people sort of okay with that, the, the fans around, or do, do, you, do you get the odd comment of, you know, put the camera away, enjoy the game, etc. I think it's it's kind of the case of like when I first started, no one cared. But I think I've spoken about this myself. There is right ways and wrong ways to do it. And I think because so many, not so many, there are people who maybe make vlogs and it's very clear they're screaming down the camera and like just trying to make it. I, I imagine this, I imagine that I was sat there like with my child next to them trying to enjoy the game. You just got this person going ah, like down a camera lens at nothing then I can see why people take issue with it. But I've always 
but then obviously everyone gets grouped in with the same viewpoint then it's like all vloggers are this or whatever um which is weird for me because obviously i was the first to do it but not the first to do it but the first to have a channel dedicated to it so i get i get lumped in with everyone when i i try to do it the right way so if anyone ever says to me ah oh, can you stop recording please i will then just move um but i i, I, I do understand why people get annoyed like for example we were at the hearts game at the weekend and the guy in front of us just kept turning around and like just like tended to vlog the games, take the mick out of me. So I, I like me and Jody loudly said like this is my job. Um, and then I saw one of them get their phones out and like Google like away days, and then they stopped looking at us. So it was like I don't, I don't know. I think some people sometimes people do make issues, do take issue with it. But then it's just a case of being like, yeah, um, this is what I do. If you don't want me to do it, we can swap seats or something. So mm-hmm. it's what I tend to do anyway. And we've obviously mentioned the, the shirt content you've started in uh, at COVID times. How big is that shirt collection? I know Jody moans about it on, on camera quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, like, this room I'm filming, it, it's, yeah, basically crowded. The problem is, though, and it, it's such a first world problem, but obviously I get sent stuff by companies, which is amazing, but there's just no room for it. So, like, the other day, I think I put a photo of it up, like, Puma sent me loads of Dortmund stuff. I, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, it's just too much. Like, I've already got enough stuff. But then, obviously, to make content, I have to buy more shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just becoming, I don't know. I'd say I'd say my collection personally is at, like, 250 300 But in terms of shirts I have for sale, there's, like, sacks of them. So, like, maybe 200 more that need to be sold that just haven't sold. Any Bolton shirts in there? Uh, no, there was. There was, like, a really nice Bolton drill top that someone bought that. And when did you when did you start the shirt collection? I think it was uh, literally late 2019. So because of the content going the way it has, it is allowed me to just, which is why there's maybe a bit of backlash from the shirt community, because obviously the content doing so well has allowed me to like buy shirts and like I don't think people some people may something people do realise, but obviously I'm self-employed, so. If I buy a shirt for a video, then that's a business expense because I've had to buy the shirt to make a video. So then obviously it's, it makes sense for me to buy shirts, but it doesn't make sense for me to buy shirts because now I've got too many shirts that it's just ridiculous. I'm doing a, I'm planning to do a video of my entire collection, but just to, the thought of that just gives me a headache. Like it's just going to be such a long day. And I've already spoke about so many of them so many times. There's only so many times I can be like, ah, oh, there's this one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you do your couple of uh, like your mystery boxes and your your football shirt hunting. Just name a couple. How do they long? How long do they take to film and to edit and to get out? So like, I say a football shirt hunting is the longest because, like for example, now we go to the wholesalers. There's like a hundred odd shirts you have to film, sift through, value, then like film like a montage of them all. That's like a day. And then I do like a base edit and then I send it over to an editor who then does like a day or two's edit on the video um, to make it work. So I film, I say like five days before a video goes up, other than an away day. Obviously, that's just all on the day. But like, so a shirt video is usually filmed five or so days before, which is why it kind of confuses me sometimes when the YouTube comments like make comments as if like something was scripted or whatever. I'm like, well, it literally physically couldn't be because this was filmed like last week. So it's always I'm kind of always working on a schedule like a week behind. So like next Wednesday's video I'm filming tomorrow, just to try and stay ahead of things really. 
Is there a particular one that you prefer to film? You got a favourite? Uh, I like doing the mystery box videos, but I also hate them because there's just so much stress. I I don't know. I like doing I like doing videos with me and Jody together because it's so nice to have someone to bounce off. If I'm like having a day where like I don't feel like filming, then like Jody's there, I can just bounce off her. So because like I don't think people maybe. I think it's it's a very it's a love it's a great job when you're filming, but there are days when you wake up and you're like, I don't want to be because I'm very much myself on camera, and so I feel like sometimes you can see that in a video. Like I never put on like a hey guys, like it's always just I talk a certain way. Like if I want to make a joke, sometimes it's scripted, then yeah, but like it's the energy, oh, so a horrible way to put it. But like basically, my mood portrays into the video. So if I'm in a bad mood or whatever, then I still make the video, but I just. Yeah, I prefer if there's someone there to bounce off of, basically. And for the football shirt hunting one in particular, I know you go to the, the charity shops, which you've kind of made famous, really, haven't you, with, with your football shirt hunting and, and finding shirts. Now you go in there and you, and you really struggle to find any. Yeah, I, I found the first one in in ages, like the other day. But, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, So I think, I don't think what people realise, so when I first made the charity shop videos, they were taking, like, months to film. And I think then like Sport Bible, Lad Bible shared them. And then there was people in the comments like, oh, I'll do this. And then you see it all the time. People tweet me every day like, oh, I got this from a charity shop. Alice. Look at this. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad. <laughs> it's like, I think the problem is I can't be annoyed anymore because I've got more shirts than I ever thought I'd have. So when I see someone else get one, I'm like, yeah, fair play. And also we now have the opportunity to go to the wholesalers I go to as well. So if I don't find a shirt in a charity shop, I know I can find pretty much anything I want from that wholesalers so it's it's a nice way but I also do think that's taken away from that series as well like it's kind of like it was always like what can Ellis find not oh let's just watch and see Ellis get 100 shirts again so that's why I want to do it abroad now I want to go to like different countries and see whether we, we can have more luck there and something I want to touch on uh, briefly I think you mentioned it earlier is the is the Clash of Creators events that you were a part of how was that yeah, it was really good fun. It was interesting speaking to like people obviously bigger than me, like I was in the same team as like Chris MD, I'm Alex, um, Cam Kirkham, like some big creators. It was fun. It was it was a good laugh. It was good to what I enjoyed about it was like everyone was on the same level. And it, it was it was interesting doing it. And it's just a shame that I had to play centre back, because you know, uh, not centre back. Yeah, I was gonna say, how are your skills uh now in that? Yeah, well, obviously we had Pied Face, so he was never going to not go in goal. So we had him. But I think I think it was a case of I wanted to play centre mid and I was due to play there. But then Fogden was doing really well there. And then our centre backs got injured and I was like, oh, I'll just go on. And then I just stayed there. So it's kind of like, uh, but may, maybe if I get invited to the next one, maybe I can show a bit more of what I've got. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned, obviously, Fogden. Do you guys speak about your channels? Obviously, you've got more or less the same close to the same content aren't you we do speak but it's never really about like um like our channels really because i think we just sort of speak about youtube in general sometimes like me and him both admit to each other we don't really watch football content on youtube anymore we don't but i think because when you're making it yourself you become become kind of so centered on football you don't really want to watch it anymore so i speak to theo but i think because i've made strides to make my content different to his like we're not I get we both we both make vlogs, but I wouldn't say we're really in competition anymore because yeah. I'd lose. <laughs> well, talking about that, I did see on Ben Foster's podcast, the Fozcast, he's called it now, that Theo backed himself to beat you in a, a, a boxing match. Are you taking that, or are you backing the underdog to get the win? 
Yeah, he can. Yeah, he beat me. I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a human on earth I'd beat in a fight. Like I just think it's pointless. I'd do it though. I'd fight him because you know it'd be good exposure for me. <laughs> and obviously, we can't speak about Theo without Thog Dad, and he was the the manager of your side at Clash of Creators. What? How was he good in that management role? I he's like born for it. He was like perfect. Like it's just yeah, what a guy. He's um he's very he's a very passionate man, and I think he um. Yeah, I think it was just, it was funny. It was a funny, it was a funny experience. And if you actually chat, we'll cut this bit out. I've sent you three shirts to look at on on, link, on our message, if you have a look. I'll have a look. My mouse has stopped working. I'll have a look. The, 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 the three shirts for our team, so we want, we want some opinions on them. What if, why have I said they're horrendous? You can do whatever you want, mate. Ours is, though. Bolton's is, so. Okay, so my, shirts. Should I rank them? I really like Cruz away shirt this season. The black. I'm one. getting that. That's I'm my birthday next month, so I'm getting that for my birthday. Yeah, that one's great. Um, I think that, that who who's the Preston fan? Josh. Oddly, your away shirt is awful. Um, oh, but your home, your home shirt's nice. <laughs> and then the Bolton one is. I don't like Home Bargains as a sponsor, but yeah. Right. So, what order do you put him, Ellis? Who's, who's first? I don't know because I like the crew away. Oh, you've got wheat on it. That's quite nice. Uh, I put crew first, Preston second, and then, oh. then Bolton third. Oh. Oh. Oh, Theo hears this, he will not be happy, Ellis. Yeah, I know. Cause and be. With your channel, obviously, you've covered your away games. Is there any uh, thoughts about potentially covering a different sport? for eight days i do i do get asked this sometimes but i don't i don't think i'm passionate enough about another sport to really mm-hmm. i like tennis i might i like 2020 cricket but i think because i'm not overly passionate about another sport that it's kind of it would be kind of hard for me to be enthusiastic about it but if i work for like bbc i'd tend to love it mm-hmm. so if the if there's uh we're sticking with the same sport football is there any grounds within football that you, you need to cover or are on your tick list for the next sort of coming weeks or coming months? I think, like, obviously, all time, I'd love to do La Bombonera because just Boca Juniors and whatever is amazing. I think it's so hard to plan, like, Holy Grail ones because it's, like, I don't know what yeah. the situation's going to be. I definitely want to get out to some more European games, hopefully next month. I want to do, um, like, Olympiacos, hopefully I'll do next month. Hopefully we'll do the Bucharest Derby. But, like, even that is, like, I might book flights and then a week before we might get put on the amber list or something. So it's so hard to say what, what we'll actually be able to do. And I know you've mentioned on your channel a few weeks, well, recently, really, that you've, you plan the next step is to go abroad and do some football shirt hunting. So how is that going to go about? So I think we'll go to like, so say I'm, I'm doing a game, say, for example, I went to watch PSG. Then the next two days I'd just have over in France, we'd go to like thrift stores, like their local sports shops and see what we can get there rather than just being like charity shops in England, because I think, I think it's just a nice element to see what you can get in different countries, because obviously the shirt market is massive in England. But for example, a lot of shirt companies source their stock from Italy. So I imagine there's probably quite some more shirts that I'd be able to find in Italy. It's always hard to say, but I imagine I'll find some really obscure shirts in different countries. Is that because over here it's now so hard to find shirts? Obviously, the charity shop is spoken about. I think it's a case of just there's such a like obviously people know the values of them now so like you see like 
depop sellers will pick up football shirts if they see them like classic football shirts sell shirts like quite a, a hefty price so i think it's kind of hard as an independent person to find shirts here so i think i don't know why it is i think it's because they're fashionable whereas maybe other countries they're not seen as fashionable mm-hmm. i want to get your opinion on the the sort of PSG range uh, and the like of those, the cost of those at the minute, you know, do, do you think it's it's extortionate or do you, you know, football is meant to be a family game and, you know, for, for me, family's being priced out of the game with, with those sort of prices, but I want to get your opinion on that. I think it's like, so for example, like when I did the Nike mystery box, they sent me out a jacket that it sells a Nike for like 135 quid. And I love the jacket, but I'd never pay that. And I, I think it's kind of a case of if the prices of this now, what are they going to be in 10 years? I, I don't understand the direction. I think football's becoming more, because it's more fashionable now, like you see random men just walking around in PSG stuff, like they don't have any interest in football, so they just wear it. I think that's why the value's there. For example, there's a Liverpool jacket. I think it's like a bomber coat that's 500 quid. And like Liverpool are a working class club. Um, but that, that, that jacket sold out. So I don't know. That with, when, if stuff keeps selling, it's very hard to say it's wrong, if you know what I mean. But then I do understand as well. Like The new Leeds kit's like, what, 70 quid? And like most Leeds fans buy the Leeds kit every season. But I remember when I was younger, you could get the new Leeds kit for like 40. So there's like nearly 100% increase. And also I think it's, it's going a dangerous line with the fact that a stadium shirt is 70 quid than the Vapor shirt, which is closer to what the players wear, is 105. But, like, for example, Nike are taking details out of the stadium shirt to the extent now where some of the stadium shirts just look like a fake because they're so much less detailed than the Vapor one, whereas before, the Vapor was just a bit tighter. Now it's, like, the over detail is in the more premium one. So if you want a shirt, if you want the new lead, if you want, say, you want the new PSG shirt, to have it, realistically, you've got to spend £110 on it, which is just, yeah, is, is, is insanity. Yeah, and I think that sort of relates to football in general in terms of, obviously, football is just getting more and more money by the day, as we saw with the, the sort of European Super League, for example. As someone that experiences non-league quite regularly alongside, you know, umpteen games a week, uh, a month um, in professional football, what, what are the sort of main differences that you can advocate for trying to watch non-league? Um, and you're trying to get out to your local clubs and support them more to not have them being priced out of the game. I just think it's like, it's always with non league, it's always, I don't, I'm, it's really hard to say, but like if it, all I can think of in my mind is like in the winter, I, there's no place I'd rather be than like a random non league stadium because it just feels, I don't know, it just feels homely, like it feels like a family thing. Um, there, are, there are cases where maybe you go too low and you don't really get to experience it. But if you go maybe like two or three leagues below the National League to that point, like you're going to get a good atmosphere, you're going to enjoy it. The ticket's going to cost like no more than a tenner. Like you could probably take 15 quid, get in, get a drink, um, uh, get a pie. And it, it's just, it is big. And that, that money is actually going to help the club. Whereas now, essentially, like if you're a fan of Liverpool, you're a fan of a brand, you're not really, your money you're putting towards them is just doesn't really, you're not helping the club to survive you're disposable to them. Whereas if you're a fan of a non-league team, you are you are the reason they're there. So I think it's just, it's much more genuine. It feels like that is what football's supposed to be. Do you think we'll see sort of um, like a dominant movement of people starting to support non-league more? 
and start watching it more since lockdown anyway because I noticed with me um, personally I've watched North End since since I was about six and since lockdown obviously you could only go to local games I saw myself taking more of an interest in local football so do you think that sort of a thing many people could do? I think so I think it's because and especially I know they say this European Super League thing has gone away Um, I just think it's kind of going to come back and these clubs are eventually going to become just brands and I think people are going to rebel against that and they are going to take more of an interest the problem is, though, with non-league is that people don't admit it or not, but the beauty of football and the beauty of supporting a team in the Football League is that you do believe one day your team's going to be at the top flight. And in non-league, that never, you're really clinging on to maybe we'll have a cup run. Um, and I think maybe that's the only bit, that's the bit that turns away the masses, is, is the fact that you're not going to ever really see your club get to the top flight of football. Whereas in, say, you support a League Two team, there is always that hope that maybe an owner comes in and takes us there. Because, like, people throw money at non-league clubs all the time, but it's so hard to get out of some of these leagues that it, it may never happen. I think, like, for example, there's also, yeah, there's many issues, but I hope so. I think more people will turn to it, but I don't think it will ever go the direction it needs to go. Yeah, I think we've we've kept you for, for long enough, Alice. Um, so just to, to, to wrap it up, what, what, what can we expect from away days and from you? in the coming weeks coming weeks so today well today we're filming this i've got a video talking about like mystery boxes saturday i'm off to derby against Nottingham forest mm-hmm. next week uh, i think it's two football shirt videos and i can't i can't say why but hopefully i'll be able to announce why on social media soon i don't i don't know is it it's very up in the air this situation it sounds really vague and like i'm trying to be ah oh, something's going on but I can't. I can't actually say why. Um, before I pass back over to Ethan to wrap up, where can we find your stuff? Where can the listeners find your stuff if they don't know already? Yes, yeah, so you go to YouTube to search for Away Days. Social media, just Ellis Platten, and then you'll be able to find me through through that way if you if you wish. But um, if not, then I won't be too offended. <laughs> and I hate to bring this up for you, Ellis, because we're nearly finished, but. The Messi saga and the shirts. Do you want to give a shout out if, any, if anyone's got a Messi match one shirt to get in contact? The problem is the problem is the Messi shirts is that he swaps his shirts with players, so it's kind of like. And I so I did a tweet and I was like, Legan, can I if he joins you, can you sort me a shirt? And they're like, Yeah. I don't think the admin realised what he'd said because then I got a message after they're like, Yeah, we can, we don't think we can sort this. It's like, well, why have you publicly tweeted it then? You've just you publicly lied to me. I've been lied to by a league, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day I'll get one. But if a if a messy if a tissue he used in a press conference is going for a million dollars, what chance have I got of ever getting one? And obviously, Leeds fan, what's your prediction this season? I was at the game last night where they beat Crew, unfortunately. Uh, but what's the uh, what's your prediction this season for the United? I don't know. I think we need a few. I, I'm concerned by our transfer window. I think we'll we'll be about 14. I, I don't know. It's really baffled me. Our whole window has. I don't think we've looked. We haven't. We didn't look convincing in pre-season. We haven't really looked. I mean, obviously, I didn't get to watch the game last night. There was no stream, but it sounded like we were pretty dominant, and it was yeah. kind of inevitable. But even still, Bamford, I think, changed the game when he came on. But he's not scoring at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we need a signing or two, but I don't. Doesn't seem like we're going to make them. So 
it's so hard to say with us. We'll, we'll see. We'll see in a few moments. Anyway, how hard to get on. Well, that's all from us. Thank you for joining us, Ellis. That's the end of our first po- podcast for the Insider. So thank you for joining us, and we wish you all the best for your channel in the future. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, guys, and best of luck for future podcast episodes. Cheers, Alice, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Alice. Thank you. See you later. Cheers.